my manager said, how are you going to stop your job as belly dancer and go to work in a troupe? And the red troupe, it was like the lowest uh, thing to work as a dancer in a folkloric troupe. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Belly Dance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about belly dance art form. Plus, I really like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much their experience with BDE pushed their dance career? You can have it too. Join one of the BDE experience intensives and get the training and experience of performing in lead and ensemble roles open for Aksharki and Fusion styles. Details and training materials for the casting are available at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. I will never get tired of repeating that everyone's path and everyone's journey in dance is different and unique. And the story of our today's guest is only next to confirmation that there are limitless options of how you can build your dance path and find your success in dance. From a family of artists, Nesma started to perform in TV shows and theater when she was a teenager. She lived in Cairo from 1993 to 1998, where she obtained her extensive knowledge of Oriental dance, Egyptian folklore, Arabic music, culture and traditions. Nesma performed as a soloist with her own orchestra in over 3,500 shows on the most prestigious stages of Cairo. She broadened her artistic career in the National Egyptian Folkloric Ballet, the Rada Troupe. Since 1998, she has danced and taught around the world. In Spain, she founded her own school and a prestigious dance company, Al-Andalus Danza. Creator of the Neo-Andalusia style, she is a pioneer in investigating and choreographing dance performances inspired by the legacy of Al-Andalus. In our today's conversation, we discussed all different topics, from dance life in Cairo in the 90s when Nesma lived there and how was her realities of her dance life, realities of her dance success there. We also talked about the transition from solo dance career as a star, as a real ballet dance star in Cairo, to being a part of the folklore group and how was the reaction of her surrounding, of her managers, teachers, other people there, and how she truly believed that that was her path because in traditional, let's say, career ladder of dance journey, it would be opposite from folklore, for the member of folklore group, someone will become a soloist. And here we have literally opposite. And that's what I was talking about. It's a great example that everyone's path and everyone's journey is unique. And Nesma literally took the path of following her heart, her calling, 
and distrusted what was better specifically for her rather than following the typical stereotypes of how it should be. We also, of course, talked a lot about her time and years of training and performing with Rada Troupe. We also talked about nuances of the style. What's the difference between real folklore and Rada style? And also, how Rada technique exactly is incorporated in ballet dance? That we talk so much about its importance. And she literally explained how and why exactly ballet dancers need to learn folklore and also Rada style today and how much of Rada technique we're also performing without knowing that we're using this technique. And that's the important not only from practical point of like knowing the style and expanding your vocabulary, but also from the legacy and history point of view of actually understanding what are we doing today in modern oriental on stage without really knowing where and what comes from. And we summarized our conversation by talking a little bit about Andalusian dance and history and all the confusion surrounding Moshe Had and uh, dance styles of Andalusia. So that's what we have prepared for you today. I hope you will enjoy. Don't forget to screenshot and share this episode with your friends and let me know what you think afterwards. Would you like to know how to get more students through the door and, most importantly, retain them and earn more money? Then the solution to your questions will be Sharky, the Baladance Workout. The founder of the system, Orit, shares how teaching Baladance fitness transformed her own career in a way no performance opportunities ever could and it can benefit your dance career just the same way. You also can receive class chorus built in a powerful and flexible way that will maximize your results and save tons of time during prep work for the class. Join Sharky's 3-month instructor academy that features an online course, weekly coaching sessions and business coaching. You'll live with a razor-sharp teaching skills and best practices for your teaching business. Enrollment is now open for the next Sharky instructor academy beginning October 3rd. Apply at sharky.com/teach s h a r q u i .com/teach Direct link will be in the show notes. Hello, dear Nesma. Welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. I am really excited to talk to you today and thank you for agreeing. And I honestly have so many questions on my mind, but I'm also very excited to see where exactly our conversation will go, because I'm pretty sure even with your first answer, I will discover even something new about you and even more questions will pop up in my mind. But thank you for agreeing to participate and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Yana, for inviting me, and I'm very, very happy to talk to you, to to meet you, and I, I hope, uh, it, I, I mean, I hope it will be interesting for the audience. Oh, I'm absolutely sure there is no other chances with all your activities and all your dance uh, um discoveries and contributions and achievements, I am absolutely sure in that. But before we talk all about this. Uh, I want to start from the very beginning, if you don't mind. So I know you are from family of artists, and uh, I also know that you used to live a lot uh, in Egypt. But at which point of your journey 
uh, belly dance entered to the point that you start learning belly dance, start dancing, performing. But where was the very beginning point of your interaction with belly dance? Okay, so my beginning with the Oriental dance was in eighties. Uh, I started in eighties working as an actress with my brother in television shows, parties, events. Uh, in general, I was not a professional actress. Uh, I just did it for fun, and I was there. I don't know. Um, I, I was working with my my family there. So um, little by little, little by little, sorry, we started to have more work doing shows, different shows. And in one of the shows, this was uh, late eighties, more or less. Uh, my sister and I, we had to play the role of Arab dancers, Arab dancers, but in fact, we didn't know what, how do they dance, the Arab, in general, Oriental dancers, we didn't know. So we had to uh, to dance and we had to perform. We didn't have uh, any way to study dance, we didn't know about it, but we had to play. So. Uh, we didn't know technique, we didn't know the music, how it was, uh, the movements, but we did have a lot of imagination and creativity. And of course, in that show, we didn't, it was, um, I don't know, we didn't mean that this was a real oriental dance. We just were in the background doing us dancers. And um, we, we, we used to do undulation, undulation movements, hip movements, and arm. We, we could inspire ourselves in, in the films, American films, or something like that. But we were suffering a lot because we, we didn't know. But it was, it was very fun. And we didn't never expect to be professional, never, ever. No, no, never artists, uh, sorry, artists or, or dancers. So after a few years working with my brothers, um, uh, I discovered that there was an, an Egyptian uh, teacher called called uh, Shokri Mohammed, and he had a studio, pyramid uh, studio, in dance studio in Madrid. So we were so happy to discover that there was a teacher. So if there is a teacher, there is a system, there is a technique, there is a dance call. We didn't even know the name of belly dance or oriental dance, nothing at all. But just we know there is someone teaching. Uh, I, I remember in the publicity, it was wrote, right, uh, Egyptian dance. So we went there and it was, this was already 91. So I was, let's say, performing, but as an actress before and uh, in 91 we we went to his studio and of course like most of us uh, dancers we became suddenly in love with the dance with the music with everything and he was such a, a great dancer and he has um, so incredible charisma and his uh, ballady feeling was um, absolutely amazing so from that time i started to seriously study with the with the, the oriental dance, but never I thought I, I will become a professional. Even I was very interested, I wanted to study very hard, never I thought. So the point, the moment where I it changed my life completely is was um, after, well, after two years learning with Shokri Mohammed and also traveling to Paris to learn with Sasa Hassan, uh, in 93, I decided, I don't know, something called me, you know, like 
I have to go to Egypt, you know, there's something, something tell me that I have to go to Egypt to study dance. And I, I understood that, that, um, uh, that was essential to study the culture, the music and the language. I understood it very clear because we have the example of the flamenco in Spain that um, if you, yeah, if you study Spanish culture, music and language, it's, it's, it's easier. doesn't mean you cannot dance flamenco, but it's much better. So I decided to travel in summer holidays to Egypt to deepen my study. And I did not return after for I don't know how many years. So um, what happened is that uh, I, I just had a contact. I'm, I'm talking too much and too fast, but I want to make a, a fast resume of how did I start. So I have a contact of the teacher of my teacher. His name was um, Fati Andrawis. He was a dancer on the, in the Comedia troupe. He was, um, he was retired in that time, but he, he worked during in the Comedia Troupe during many years. And after two months uh, taking lessons with him, uh, I traveled alone, by the way. I didn't know the culture. I didn't have money. It was everything, you know, like, well, I had the money just to, to stay two months in Egypt. In Egypt, And after studying two months, my money finished, and I had to come back to Spain to study because I was studying in the university at that time. So he told me before coming back to, to Spain, um, he suggested me to to do an audition for a five-star hotel that they were looking for a, a dancer. And I didn't think, uh, and that was the, the, the turning point, the point, the moment where I started to become professional. I mean, I say, okay, and the audition was the day after, and I didn't never work with live music, with live music before. I didn't know how it was a show. So just in one day, we did the rehearsals, we prepared a show, and I did the audition, and it was like that. And the day after, they called me and they, they want me to dance in this hotel, and it was like that. So the, after two, three days, I was working in weddings, and and after 15 days, I had my work permission and started to work in Egypt in, in nightclubs as belly dancer, oriental dancer, not folklore. I didn't know folklore in that time. So it was um, like that. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, first thing that I actually want to dig deeper a little bit, because you mentioned that you found actual teacher of Egyptian dance after a few mm. years of that initial movie that kind of was your first contact with uh, Oriental Arabic uh, dance and music mm. culture. But you also mm. mentioned that you were extremely happy to find the teacher. So why was that happiness? Did that initial movie and your initial job sparked your interest and you really wanted to continue dancing? Or was that for another job that a few years afterwards you had to like learn more about Egyptian dance and culture? Um, I don't know if I understood the question, but I think um, I will tell you, uh, I think uh, one answer for that. Uh, when I was working as an actress dancing, um, we didn't have why to, to dance exactly like an Arabic woman. It was like a, I don't know, it is a, uh, entertainment, no entertainment, like uh, in the background, you know, dancing, doing us. So it was not really a dance work; it was more acting. 
And I wanted to know, I said to myself, how do the Arabs, the, the women that we didn't, the, how do they dance? How, I, we didn't know. So we have to inspire ourselves in, in the movies, in the idea we had in our mind. But later on, years later, I discovered that it was not so far from the reality. Anyway, so after I discovered Shokri Mohammed, uh, um, it was the, then in his studio, when I discovered the music and the dance and when I, I became in love with this dance. So it not was while I was working as an actress because I really, I really didn't know the, the music. I really didn't know how the people were dancing. I was not in love with the dance at all. I just had to perform. So I was performing and, and, and doing things, but not in a dance show, in a, in, in a theatrical show, different. It was after Shokri Mohammed, it was him who, make, who made me love the Oriental dance. I was just curious, like this uh, long lasting for a few years, either curiosity yes. or love or passion, like was it mm. because of lack of information? Like it was like basically out of your curiosity, no. you were looking for actual like teacher to discover how they danced. Or I was thinking, oh, maybe you heard some music during that show that sparked your interest or something like that. So thank you for sharing the no, story. No, I, I didn't have any, any passion for Arabic dance because I didn't, uh, we didn't use uh, 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 Oriental music, Egyptian uh, music. It was more like Occidental uh, imitation of Arabic music. And I didn't know, so I wasn't in love. It was fun. It was nice. It was like, um, but, uh, and, and we never uh, call ourselves dancers. We were not dancers. We were just, just, I mean, but the fact is that I was like several years before wearing costumes, like a kind of uh, Orientalism costumes and, and playing as I am an, an Arabic uh, woman and things like that. But uh, with a lot of respect, of course, you know, never, never. Uh, doing things that could hurt the culture, but but uh, it, but I didn't have passion for the dance. It was just something interesting and fun. But the passion became when when I first listened the music and and I saw the amazing dance of uh, Mohammed uh, Shokri Mohammed. Uh, you mentioned that before you went to Egypt, uh, just for two months to study, you actually were studying at university. Uh, which career path you planned uh, for yourself before you completely fell in love with ballet dance and oriental dance? Oh my God. Okay. First, uh, I studied physics in the beginning, one year physics. And later, I, I, when I went to Cairo, I studied agricultural engineering, nothing to do with dance. Whoa, wow. And, <laughs> yes, yes. And and I I when once I went to Egypt and I did the audition in this hotel, I had to decide just in one day if I could uh, come back to Spain to finish my studies or stay in Egypt uh, dancing as professional dancer because until that day I didn't consider, cons uh, consider myself professional. Everything was amateur, even if we did shows in television and things, but it was amateur and we didn't know good. Even if I, with Shukri Mohammed, I was doing some shows, but no, it was not professional. So it was that day that I had to decide my life. I'm going, if I'm going to be engineering or I'm going to be uh, oriental dancer. <laughs> and I think I did the, the right decision. I say, yes, I will, I will stay here. But in the beginning, I thought, to work during just one year and come back to Spain. 
to finish my career, my studies. But finally, no, finally, I didn't come back. Never, ever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Your story of how you uh, not only became a professional dancer, but also stayed to live in Cairo is really fascinating. It's like this two months transformed into one year decision, which transformed basically in like five years or so with uh, not only just being in Egypt or living or studying or performing from time to time, you actually did 3,500 shows as a soloist mm. in Cairo during these years, which is fascinating. Uh, I can only imagine how yes. many shows per day it was, but yes, yes. such terrific career, uh, such success, uh, so many activities. Why did you decide to sort of finish it and move on? Well, because of life as a dancer in Egypt uh, in that time was very hard, very much. We had to work so much. I used to do like four shows daily, medium, sometimes three, sometimes five, sometimes six shows daily. Because in that time, it was, I started in 93 uh, until 98, to have a good job, to perform in a good nightclub, in a nightclub with uh, prestige or with a good name, uh, and five stars hotel, you, you had to have a very good show with a lot of musicians, minimum 20, 25 musicians. It's not like in 2000, but with eight mu Eight musicians they consider that they consider that a uh, live band. So that time in my time, live band was twenty thirty, plus the manager, plus uh, the assistants, plus the bodyguard, plus the, I mean, it was a, a very big team. And this big team, and that time there was a lot of work. And in this team need to work, to feed their families, to live. So you have the pressure of uh, working very hard. Because if you didn't work very far hard in that time, your musicians, your orchestra, your dancers, that it's difficult to, to keep them with you. They, they could leave you and go with another dancer that bring them more job. So uh, first of all, because of that, and, and also because I am the place I was working during five years, I had to contract, I was working five years in Sunset Night Club and in Tivoli nightclub and they want me every every day and I couldn't say I couldn't say no there was no holidays no I mean in in Egypt in the time that you had to work seven days per week so and the work was from let's say nine that you start with a wedding after you do another night uh, the first nightclub at one thirty, another one at three o'clock I have daily work at one thirty and three o'clock and after maybe at five, you have another extra work, something like that. Uh, so you arrive home at six, seven, six, seven, eight. You sleep at maybe nine in the morning, eight. You wake up at five o'clock. You don't see the light of the sun during never ever, just in Ramadan. So this is very, very hard. My work was so hard. Every day, so many hours. I mean, I couldn't... It was so much, and and from from that uh, time, uh, from the perform time, fifty percent of the time was uh, I enjoyed so much in the nightclubs. In the nightclubs, 
that I like. And there's so much dancing. It was great for me. I have so much fun. But other maybe 30% of the performance I didn't enjoy because maybe there was not enough audience, maybe the weddings. I, I'm not a good, uh, for example, I don't consider myself a good entertainer at all. I don't like it. I like dance but not entertainment. So uh, I didn't like weddings, you know, go weddings. Uh, and I like the nightclubs. Uh, so it was very, very hard work. I mean, very, very hard. And in the beginning, when I started working, I thought, okay, let's start one year in Egypt, learn Arabic, learn culture, learn music, and come back to Spain. Because I thought in one year it would be enough to have all this knowledge and come back to Spain and open my school. But as much as you work and you work and work, you understand that you don't know anything. You need more time, more time. So my goal was to, to know as much as I could. So work, work. After the years working, I, I thought I'm not enough good. I don't know enough of this. So I had to continue working like that. But after five years, it was too hard, too hard physically, mentally and physically very, very hard. Plus, I was alone with without family and without any financial support from my family. Or I was I was completely alone, and this also was very hard. Plus, in a country where, at least me, I feel like kind of discriminate, discriminate as a woman, as foreign, as a dancer. So I had all the the bad points, and it's very hard. It's very hard. So that's that's why I, I decided to. To ah and of course because I wanted to learn folklore, I knew that to come back to Spain to open my school, I, I need to know folklore and I didn't know folklore. I said I cannot come back to Spain without going to 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 a folklore school or learn folklore. I knew Mahmoud Reda, but I, uh, uh, last year of, of these performances and this was one of of the of the reasons that I stopped working as solo belly dancer. Mm, I wanted to dip on, on the folklore. I was actually just about to ask, uh, uh, because along with Oriental Dance, you are also specialist in folklore, and I know you uh, like worked and danced uh, and learned uh, with Reda Troupe. Uh, so was it still while you were like injured but decreased your solo performances career or was it a complete stop of performances and now you focus just on learning like you know expanded folklore and then coming to Spain okay um before quick quicking or leaving my job as belly dancer solo in nightclubs which was a, a great school for me it was I think the best school the nightclubs I wanted to learn folklore so I met Farida Fahmi and I was very impressed I met Farida Fahmi because I, I remember one dancer from the United States. Uh, I, I was taking lessons with Rakia Hassan. So I met in Rakia Hassan's house one dancer and uh, my sister also wanted to, to learn folklore. And so she told me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take lessons with Farida Fahmi. I knew Farida Fahmi, but not in person. So she bring me to her house and I started to take lessons. And I was very impressed of her elegance her technique, the way she danced, it was so different from what I was learning that I, I was really very impressed and I started to take lessons with her. And after a while, she told me, this is how it started. She told me, 
I am training a private group of Mahmoud Reda. There's a private company, Sansa Reda Troop. It's a Mahmoud Reda Troop. Do you want to join the train, the training with us? And I was like, oh my God, you know, like, oh, I said, yes, of course. So I, this was my first time in Mahmoud Reda's studio. So I started training with Farida Fahmi. Um, she was the trainer of Mahmoud Reda's troop. And I was very impressed of the technique, of the differences with the oriental dance I was doing, of the system, of the academic uh, system, yes, that I didn't see before in oriental dance. And, and I discovered, I, and I said, this is what I need. Because uh, belly dance, oriental dance, just moving hips, just ballet dance, let's say, in the sport, and it's not enough. I need any technique to move on the stage, a technique to create a show, um, technique of, uh, of choreograph uh, choreographing, you know, many different things that when we learn jazz, uh, oriental dance, um, I think we need, at least in my time. So I started very seriously training with them while in the night I was performing as solo belly dancer. And after one day came Mahmoud Reda that he was traveling around uh, in America in the streets. And I met him and uh, well, he became my teacher and I, we became in the beginning teacher and student. And, and I was so interested to learn. And, and, and I mean, I, and it was so hard for me in the beginning because was very different and because I joined the troupe and the troupe, the dancers were um, dancing this style from some of them 10 years before, 15 years before, and I was new. And nobody explained me anything. I had to, myself to to catch the movement, to understand the movement, and I suffered so much to memorize choreographies like that. I was not used to, to chore, chore, uh, memorize choreographies with this technique so different. So it was so hard for me. I suffered so much. Oh my God! And uh, well, but from that time, I decided that I needed. I needed to learn that, and to have a a, a school. Um, um, I needed to learn different style, not just um, so a solo performance oriental dance. It was like that. And after one year, I quick the, my solo dance and I start to work first in the beginning with his private troupe and after with the Reda troupe I was one, one year working in the Ballon uh, shows and especially from the uh, for Alfred Bobekia uh, operate um, yeah. Having experience of working professionally as a solo oriental dance in Cairo and having experience of working as a folkloric dancer with Reda Troop, what was the most contrasting uh, or the biggest contrast in the work itself? Uh, because you mentioned about training mm -hmm. that you felt like, oh, in Reda Troop you had a system, you had a system for choreography, for technique of movements, which was missing oriental dance. But in terms of working as a professional dancer, in Cairo, mm -hmm. but one Oriental and one folklore. What is the biggest contrast and difference for you? Everything is different. <laughs> Everything is very different. First of all, um, in Egypt, by by other artists in general, but the society in general, 
there is uh, two levels of, of mm, they consider like the oriental solo dancer is the top is the 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 most important thing you can reach to i mean is that and solo artist is a is she is the leader of her orchestra of the band she is the star of the show and um, uh, folklore is uh, just one more of a group and uh, it's not it's not considered as an artist the same that as a um by the way, folklore is not considered as an art by Egyptian government, so uh, it's just one more. Folklore is not considered as oriental dance, not at all, or, or any form of that. So first, the, 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 the image, the artists and the society have of you is very different. By the way, when I stopped uh, dancing as a solo, I, I had my own orchestra, I have four dancers working with me, that they were also dancing with the Trera troupe. I remember my other teacher in Egypt uh, said to me, but how, I mean, and people said to me, how? My manager said, how are you going to stop your job as belly dancer and go to work in a troupe? In the real troupe, it was like the lowest uh, thing to work as a dancer in a folkloric troupe. It was the lowest category. And I remember my teacher almost crying, said to me, how are you going to work in the Reda troupe? You work as a solo. I say, look, I, I don't care what Egyptians think about me. I don't care what artists here or the society think about me. I know, I'm sure, what is good for me to be a teacher in the future, to have a school in the future. In the future. And for me, oriental dancer should know folklore and should know Mahmoud Reza technique, at least a little, you know. So I knew I, I, I would be um, uh, incomplete uh, teacher if I don't know folklore. So I, I didn't care. I didn't mind what the people think about me, what my manager, what the, the guests of the nightclub that they used to go to see me, what my other teachers say about me. I didn't care. I was very happy to live my my um, life as a star, as they call it in Egypt, stars of belly dance, to become just one more of the troupe, because I learned so, so much being just one more, and being in the last line, I, did, I mean, the line, line, second line, the first line, I didn't care, just being close to Mahmoud Reda and see how he prepared the choreographies, uh, how he does a process of creation processes of all the show, how does he teach, how do we learn, how do we do the technique, the training, how they organize the costuming, the makeup, everything. So it was for me great school. Thanks God that I didn't care about what does the people say. So everything, this is first different. Another thing different is, um, well, you just have to be one of the troop, smile with, uh, control your gestures. You have to uh, care the technique. Everybody must do the, work the same, same style, not uh, a lot of accents. Movements must be like, uh, like they are. Everybody with the same energy, with the same dynamic, everybody. Um, so it's completely different. You, you have to change your mind. Now, now you cannot express yourself as you want. The important is the group, and the group uh, must be okay. 
Another thing different is the relation with the, the other dancers of the troupe. When you are alone, you are solo, you, don't, you are the boss, you don't have any problem. Usually there's no problems with the other dancers in Egypt because you don't see them. Um, there's no, no jealousy between us in that time, there is no problem. Uh, but working in a troupe and you, when you are foreign and you arrive suddenly and they are, everybody is Egyptian and you arrive, it's, 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 and you are the only foreign in the troupe, uh, it's not easy. It's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> and when they've been years and years working in this choreography and this technique and you don't, you know, know and you don't have a camera video to record the choreographies, and you don't have anyone to explain you the details of the choreographies. For example, if we have a show and, and well, maybe there's many details I don't know. So I have to study a hundred times more than them because I didn't know all this. I had to work very, very hard. So it was hard. And everything is different. The, the daily work is different. You just start working at seven o'clock. You arrive at five. You have two hours preparation for the show and at seven, you do the show and you go home, uh, you take a salary, much less salary than as a solist. As a solist, you, you can, if you have a lot of weddings, you can uh, make enough money to live uh, okay. But as folklore dancer, it's so little money, so little that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how can people can survive with this money, very little. Um, when you are a folklore dancer, you have to the rehearsals in group. You have to have discipline. Um, uh, everything, everything is very different. In yeah. your experience, in your personal experience, you basically dived into folklore, like deep dive into folklore area. After you already established basically a successful career in oriental dance as a soloist, with your experience today, with all the years of studying, seeing your story, seeing stories of other dancers, why do you think it is important for a performers of oriental dance to study folklore and to study specifically Mahmoud Reda's uh, folklore and style and heritage? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to study folklore, the really folklore, to have a, a knowledge, a basic knowledge about how does the people dance, how are the traditional dances in Egypt, the traditional ones, and by the other side, Mahmoud Reza technique. Why? Because uh, Mahmoud Reza technique movement on the stage has been the revolution of the, in my opinion, in the oriental, modern oriental dance. The, it has been the system that dancers without knowing, that's the fact, without knowing because for um, an education, let's say not bad education, like misinformation, lack of information, so many dancers without knowing are using Mahmoud Reda technique, are using, he's the one who introduced a lot of uh, combinations that nowadays are inside the Oriental dance, but people don't know that are coming from Mahmoud Reda creation, you know, like, I don't know, many, many things. 
so it's uh, so interesting, so important that a professional dancer know that the combination of, uh, I don't know, a traveling a step with hip arabesque can cross back and plie, uh, for example, it's a basic combination of the style from 60s, for example. So when you know that, and when uh, uh, these basics, uh, it's open your eyes, first of all, to understand, um, I think, uh, um, historic, I mean, to know where movements are coming from, it's very important. So to know this is now new fashion, this is going to be said in 80s, this is in this, and this is Mahmoud Reda. So it's very interesting and very important. So give us, um, yeah, so it's very important because it's general culture, let's say, but to know that it's coming, it's Mahmoud Reda's work, that. Secondly, because uh, many of Oriental dancers, if they are ballet dancers, in case of ballet, they uh, are too stylized, maybe too, too balletistic, let's say, too much, they cannot sometimes uh, disconnect, uh, which is not bad, I don't mean it's bad, but it's, uh, what happened is Mahmoud Rila creates a special technique which is not really valid, and, but gives a lot of tools to the dancers to move on the stage. So this is the other point that gives you a lot of ideas and, and combination um, to 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 move and to create choreographies and to work on couples work and groups and enter on the stage and leave and go and and once once you you learn the basic technique of Mahmoudreda, you can apply this basic technique to different folklore styles. To Saidi, you can apply to uh, Moshad, you can apply to Falahi, but the basic combo it's there is Mahmoudreda. So it's a pity that many people don't know it. And they don't know it because Dancers uh, during decades, the first generation after Mahmoud Reda, the, of, of uh, Reda troupe dancers, they didn't say to their students, look, this is coming from Mahmoud Reda. I changed it, but it's Mahmoud Reda's work. And next generation didn't know, and now people don't know. So there's something that um, I think is very, very, very important to know. I don't know. if. Uh, Answer your question. Oh, absolutely. And, well, I, and 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 many other uh, things. For example, uh, the arms work. We don't have any specific arm um, uh, work in belly dance, which is not bad. Everyone has her different uh, combos or uh, adaptations or or techniques of moving arms while they are doing movements. But Mahmoud has a specific arm work that people use it on the same. They don't know it's coming from him. And there are many kind of turns coming from Mahmoud Reda and people use it and they don't know it's coming from him. So when I discovered Mahmoud Reda and I realized that what other teachers were teaching to me were coming from his technique, I had a shock. I said, oh, but why they didn't they tell, why they didn't tell me this turn is, is Mahmoud Reda invention or adaptation from ballet or from other dance form. Or this step back, come cross, and this is why. So it's a kind of little bit. I found that it's kind of um, ego, maybe, or, or um, I mean, or a way to to lie. I wouldn't say lie. I went to to not completely educate a student because when you have a movement coming from something, you should say as as a teacher. If I take a movement coming from from Indian dance, and suddenly I, I insert it in my dance, or I or something a, a very 
step very typical from other dancers and I inserted, I, I should say to my students, I should uh, tell them where it's coming from. I think a good teacher should say that. And what had happened is that teachers during decades, during generations never said, and and they change, they adapt the movement. They know it's coming from Akhmatureda, but they don't say. And I was always very uh, aware of that and, and a little bit angry for that, sad of that. That's why I started to teach Mahmoudreda technique. Hmm. Uh, to me, it is both uh, fascinating and sad how things kind of interchange in this world. And um, it is fascinating in terms of... Uh, how elements of one style, regardless is it in the Arabic culture style, like Mahmoud Reda style, or style of, I don't know, you mentioned the Indian dance, that mm. like one mm. person borrowed the movement, interserted, and then it spread and became part of dance, or whichever like dance styles. And this can be about dance, about music, about art. So this is very interesting, especially when we're trying to dig, oh, what is authentic in this art form or in this art form. It's a really deeper question, really. What is even authentic? But at the same time, it's also very sad how easy it is to lose this lineage and to lose this uh, uh, legacy of personal origin, uh, origination of this or that element in the art form uh, just because we stop really talking and acknowledging it. And... Uh, also, with that said, I want to... Uh, something caught my attention when you were uh, giving your answer and your explanation. You said that for uh, dancers, it is important to learn both real folklore and Mahmoud Rada's technique. And caught my attention that you very clearly separated them, although in the mind of many dancers, Mahmoud Reda's technique is a folklore. So, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Well, no, Mahmoud Reda's technique is not a folklore. No, 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 no. Folklore is the folklore. It's there. <laughs> it's in, 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 the, in the place of origin. This is the folklore. And something is a real folklore that is very different from Mahmoud Reda's folklore. And that's the problem. People don't know. Because dancers think... Folklore, Saidi folklore, or uh, they see something, or Nubian folklore, so Mahmoud Reda does a choreography and people think this is a really folklore. No, no. Mahmoud Reda had some dances that 100% of the movement are new creation. Like, for example, the Falahi male dance. Men, male dancers, I mean, people, men, they don't dance like that at all in, in the Falahin areas. So he recreated, he did, uh, first of all, he invent a technique, create a technique. And like, um, like many dancers in the world and, and uh, many, the art in general, uh, there is nothing pure. There is very few things. What is pure? I don't know what is pure. He, what he did, Mahmoud Reda, is take influence, he take uh, different elements from different dance forms, not Egyptian form, by the way. So it's interesting because what people call Egyptian folklore, in fact, uh, a big percent of the movements are not Egyptian, are coming from abroad. 
So uh, what Mahmoud Reda did is create a, a technique, a tool, to um, because he didn't have a, a way to put this, this really authentic folklore dance on a show because you cannot uh, uh, bring the n- normal people in. You need, you need uh, technique and things to, to move, to change, to, to, to create new, new, ele- new elements that looks like, but it's not something new. So what Mahmoud Reda did, it was create new, new dance, create a new dance. Some of his dances are similar to the real folklore. And some, many, are not similar. But it was so successful, his technique. His, when I say technique, I say, I mean the, the, the movement itself uh, of the basic neutral technique. I call it the neutral technique, the way he, he does combine the elements, the, the steps, uh, the way he introduced the terms and the arabesque and the traveling steps. And it was so new that... Um, and it was so welcomed by the society, society in general, not just Egyptian, Arabic society. It was the society saw themselves uh, very well represented by the, his dancers, by the company. Although it was different movements, that the Egyptians took it, let's say took it, um, took it or uh, understand it or yes, they took it as a folklore. And they call it folklore. But this is a folklore, stage folklore, and um, folklore for theater. It's not folklore. It's a new dance uh, inspired on the folklore with another technique. That is how it has sense. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I explain myself. But uh, um, so it became folklore. Many of the movements of Mahmoud Rida became folklore. It became folklore in theater but not the real folklore, stage folklore. Let's call it a stage folklore or a representation of the folklore, inspiration on the folklore. Mm-hmm. I also know that you these days have uh, even courses on Mahmoud Reda's legacy. So can you tell a little bit about these courses and what the dancers uh, who may be interested in participating can expect to see in the courses and if they're happening only in person or is it online opportunity for dancers to learn more about specifically Mahmoud Reda's technique and style? Yes, well, um, the... um in my point of view, the uh, interesting thing of Mahmoud Reda, that what can uh, dancers uh, use it for a lot, is to use these tools I'm talking about and to adapt them to their own style. For example, a dancer that didn't do ballet before or didn't do other dance form before, maybe um, she doesn't know how to move, uh, changing the, um, with the different movements on the stage. So the most interesting thing is to learn the traveling steps and the basic technique and the coordination of movements to adapt it to yourself and to create choreographies and uh, to change it, yes? So what we do in these courses is I don't teach folkloric styles of Mahmoud Reda. These courses concentrate on the neutral technique. To understand the neutral, I mean basic arms, um, basic uh, figure eights, basic um, combinations, basic, and especially the most important movements 
the signature Mahmoud rhythm movements. And so the classes are technical all the time. We don't do choreographies, just work on technique and practice the technique. And sometimes, well, I can show how you can use this technique and change it into an oriental, into an oriental entrance, for example. Let's use all this combo and change it completely. So it's, um, and um, what I do is to teach the technique as I wish, I wish somebody teach me when I started. I was very, I, I was, it was complicated for me. So I, I break down every movement, how does the hand do, how do the step, the, the way of stepping, the plies and relevé, the energy, the arms work, coordination with the feet. So we work a lot the technique. So, and we don't use any melody music. All the time is with rhythm, just with the tabla. So it's kind of boring for medium levels and beginners. So it's only for professionals that want to go to learn deep this technique, to understand it deeply. Because I, let's say it could be very boring for 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 other dancers because we don't listen music. There isn't a, we don't listen melody. You know, in classes, melody is very mm -hmm, important mm -hmm. to make people feel happy and emotion. And so, these classes there is no melody because we concentrate only in the technique and the combos. And we and very important we we concentrate on have a per, perfect arm. Our control in the in the um, in the combinations and everything right and left absolutely everything everything in lines everything in the square forms in diagonals and and also I teach how in these classes because m most of the people are professionals how to introduce this to your students to your students that want to learn only Mahmoud technique and also to your belly dance classes of people that they don't want to learn Mahmoud Reda, but you use it for for them, giving um, another flavor or um, with other music and with other things. I mean, how to teach it in a in a more entertaining entertaining way. <laughs> so this is what you do, and and I divide it in. I mean, the courses are very long because around 100 hours is a complete course. To, to understand everything and to to understand in your body because if something is to to know a combo to understand to, to to do a combo something is that your body understand it and keep it in the body so this takes time so it's, it's not just do it it's keep it in in the body hmm. yes so that's what I do uh, this is definitely very important to remember that for certain things there has to be certain level of sort of readiness and preparations to accept information. And this is also very important um, to remember even for students and many people who are listening to us right now, they are on their learning journey. And it's important reminder for everyone, like if you encountered anything that you consider, oh, this is boring or this is like this or that blah blah like sort of do not like neglect or push it away right away because it may be just um not the level of readiness you are at to perceive this information and to understand the nuances and the importance and to dig into this little detail so it's very interesting how you kind of 
mentioned that, oh, for beginners, it's probably will be very boring and not engaging, but it needs to be a certain level of understanding of what it is for dancers, for mm. students to really appreciate it. Yes, yes, that's why this um, is only for professionals. I mean, uh, and only for certain professionals, only for certain people that want to learn that. And of course, all of them, they, they like me, when we dance, we don't use it later like, like it is. I mean, I use it when I dance Mahmoud Reda choreographies. I mean, I think it's a um, legacy, important legacy that we have to keep. And that uh, during many, many years, uh, no one has been teaching that deeply because people have been focusing themselves, teachers, in um, in uh, teaching their own style because it's much more fun, uh, let's say, much more interesting for, for myself. I, I do prefer to teach a ballad course, maybe. Um, I have more fun myself dancing and teaching choreography of a ballad than teaching something that is not mine. So I'm, I'm not the star. The star is Mahmoud Reda. But I believe that it's so important uh, <laughs> that I started to do it in 97. Uh, after two or three years working with Mahmoud Reda, I started to teach it. And I insist, insist. We need to know that. We need to know. I remember the beginning in, in my school in 2000. I had like two students. Later three. After little by little, more people interested to to to, to learn it, and little by little, I was learning myself how to teach it. And um, yes, it's like that. It's for just certain people. Mm-hmm. I know absolutely sure that we can really talk about this topic and Mahmoud Reda's legacy for hours and hours. But there is also another topic which I cannot afford not to talk at least a little bit before I let you go uh, today. Mm. And um, this is the fact that when you came to Spain, you established a dance school and a dance company called Al Andalus Danza. And even in the name of your school, it's already very clear the influence of Andalusian style and culture on your activities and uh, on dance. And historically, there are intersections between Andalusian and Arab dance. But I want to hear like your story of why you decided to name it like this and what place does... Um, Andalusian culture and dance has in your life and your dance activities? Okay. Uh, when I first started to, let, to learn the Moashahat with Mahmoud Reda, I listened to the music and I, I, I said, oh, what's that? Oh, this Moashahat, this is Andalusian poetical form. I didn't know what's Moashahat, so I studied. Oh, it's Andalusian. I say, oh, Andalusian. So okay, and and so from that time, I I, I started to listen the the Moshehat and uh, to learn. And I I had very clear that from that time in Egypt that I wanted to call my school Al Andalus, and that I wanted to to go deep on on the Moshehat style, which, by the way, is not Andalusian dance at all, because we don't know how people were dancing in Al-Andalus, because um, Al-Andalus was a civilization from 711 until 19, um, uh, sorry, 1492, and in part of Spain, and medieval era especially, um, well, medieval, medieval time, 
and music was not oriental, rhythms were not like uh, Monshahad rhythms. Um, everything, uh, um, the aesthetics and the and the, the music uh, and it was very different from what we know nowadays as Monshahad. A musical genre, so everything was very different, and we don't know how people were dancing in that time. I mean, nobody knows. Nobody knows. There's a few references of uh, in some poems, but nobody knows how people were dancing. So, um, it's it's a complicated topic. I mm-hmm. don't know if I can enter mm-hmm. here. So I, I inspire myself from that time um, in Al-Andalus, but it doesn't mean the steps of dance is Andalusian. And when I say Andalusian, I don't mean uh, um, actual Andalusian dance, because we have the Andalusian dances, folklore Andalusian nowadays, and the, and the flamenco. This is something nowadays. But in Spain, when we speak about Al-Andalus, about Andalusian, we mean uh, from medieval era, uh, well, from Al-Andalus period. So um, I understand it's compli- complicated to, to understand because uh, we need to understand first what is the Moasha, what is the Moshahat, what is the, the music from Andalusian music nowadays in North of Africa that is completely from the Oriental Moshahat we listen to, like uh, the Moshahat we listen. Well, anyway, after that time, I, I started to... to to study the music and to develop the dance uh, from with different um, influences, of course, Egyptian dance, um, ballad dance, spirit, always respecting the culture and trying to respect in the culture and inspire myself on, on that culture. And of course, Mahmoud Reda technique basic to use it as a great tool to choreograph and to, to use it a lot. And also the Spanish folklore. I used to dance folklore when when I was a kid, so um, I use all all this and uh, inspire myself to to do shows, to do dance. Thank you also for specifying so many nuances and so many different definitions. Because for people, it's important to also understand for all of us that even the term Andalusian. Uh, it can be many different things, uh, as you mentioned. It can be today's Andalusian folklore, or it can be medieval mm. style. And it's not just like one thing. It's always a very complex uh, term. But many people today, many dancers, if you start talking about Arab Andalusian dance, they either think about Mushahat right away, or some mm-hmm. people may also think, oh, Spanish, Spain, oh, is it flamenco, uh, oriental fusion? And I also want to ask you how you interpret uh, or how what's your approach to specifically flamenco oriental fusion? Is it something historically correct to do, or is it a completely today's like modern invention of experimental dancing? Then we are trying to mix completely unrelated dance forms, but especially in the sense of many confusions or where is like appropriate, like, let's say, historical connection between Andalusian area of Spain with Arab culture and Spanish culture and flamenco as a connection to Arabic Mm. and Egyptian or Oriental dance? Well, I think many questions or many things different. Yes, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) let me say what I, I remember. Yes, there is a very, very big confusion because um, flamenco, it's a very modern dance. I mean, it has maybe 200 years, 
150. I mean, the flamenco nowadays, the modern flamenco also even has, has less than that. So this is something, the flamenco and, and Andalusian from nowadays, from Andalusia, it is something. But Andalusian from Al-Andalus, it's Al-Andalus is not Andalusia, it's another thing. It's, it's, it's completely different. So um, people have a kind of, of, of um, uh, yes, a confusion. But there is another confusion more than that is that the music, let's, we don't know how the people were dancing in Al-Andalus. We don't know how people in 10th century were dancing in Spain. We don't know. But we do know that how was the music, because this music preserves more or less, yeah, they, they, they preserves, I mean, preserves quite a lot in north of Africa, especially in Morocco. Morocco, Algeria, and Tunis, and Libya, but especially in Morocco. And we know the aesthetics of the music, the instrumentation, the rhythms, and um, this music, which is really the, 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 the music we have from Al-Andalus, and that is, uh, as, I, as I say, the real music, no, the real music, yes, the, 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 the heritage of Al-Andalus music is very, very different from Moshahat. Although inside the poetical form, most of it in the Andalusian music from north of Africa is the Moasha. The Moasha is the singular. Moashahat is the plural. Although the poetical form is from Al-Andalus and uh, is the same. The Moashahat, that is a musical genre in, in, in Mashrek, uh, it's completely different. Different rhythms, oriental, different makams, different style. It's very, very different. So what we do on Oriental Dance in general, we dance Moashahat. But Moashahat is quite also modern music in the sense that many of the compositions have 100 years, has 150 years, 200. Maybe the poems are, has 1,000 years because there was uh, beginning of 20th century and end of 19th century, there was uh, a fashion of taking all poems from Al-Andalus and and uh, create, uh, compose new songs. But this, this music uh, has Ottoman influence, Ottoman origin. It's from the Ottoman Empire in, in Egypt, in Syria, in, in Lebanon. It's not Andalusian. So it's two completely different worlds. The, and the Andalusian, really Andalusian music in North of Africa than the Oriental from Mashrek, the Moshahat. And people think that, yes, that the Moshahat is Andalusian, but the poem is Andalusian, but not not the music. But uh, what can we do? I mean, there's a big confusion, confusion, but it's it's, it's quite complicated, complicated the the topic because um, teachers and people and uh, um, shows and musicians has been called Andalusian everything because it's very nice Andalusian, 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 and at the end. Everybody thinks everything is Andalusian from Al-Andalus and, and it's not. It's a very um, complicated topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, even the popular like Samai rhythm that so many dancers right away associate, mm. oh, this is more Shahat rhythm. But as far as I know, more Shahat uh, uh, songs can be used in other rhythms, not necessarily only Samai rhythm. And Samai is not only for more Shahat music neither. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, yes. And uh, yes, some some dancers they, they just listen uh, some Ita kill rhythm and they think it's moshahat. Doesn't matter how is the music. And some rhythm is not Andalusian rhythm. It's an Ottoman uh, rhythm. So uh, there are so many mistakes. No, so. But what can we do? I mean, I don't know. Well, it's very difficult. One thing we definitely can do is uh, uh, me asking you to tell a little bit more about your current classes and courses and where dancers can learn more in depth about all these topics because I know you have uh, many things. You even have some upcoming events like Al-Andalus Camp. Uh, so maybe you mm. can share a little bit where dancers can find more information about all this mm. and where they can find and study with you uh, more further and more in depth about all these topics. Okay, so if uh, somebody, some dancers want to understand about the Moshahat, about and Neo-Andalusian dance or dance inspired all Al-Andalus, which is not Andalusian, a, a true, a pure and original medieval dance, it's something new. If somebody wants to know about that and about the music, about the rhythms in the Moshahat that are very complicated and there is a lot of different rhythms and how to dance them, how to choreograph um, the technique and what I do about that, so they should come to Al-Andalus Camp. I have two weeks. The first week is a classic week, I call, where you learn about music, about rhythms, about um, uh, costuming also, about you learn technique, you learn combinations, and the most important thing is you you learn uh, how to create uh, when you listen to music. What's that, and how you can dance it? Not as me, as as you yourself. I mean, what what could you do? I mean, I help dancers to to recreate the, with their own test this kind of dance, but they need uh, basic. They need some knowledge. So this is what I do in the classic camp and in the uh, intensive camp, we do, we continue working on everything and we practice all classes with my music. And uh, we do a show, a perf dancers perform, a students perform. And this is uh, the second camp. Also, I have Mahmoud Seda technique courses, but I teach it in my online academy. I have online academy, Nesma Academy. And now, I mean, everything I record everything, a lot about Mahmoud technique. So I don't know when I'm going to, I've been already like, uh, I don't know, 20 years teaching Mahmoud technique. And uh, I need more more time for, for teaching other things. So I think they can learn it very, very good in the online academy. And also I do workshops in my school. I have a studio in Madrid and I do biology classes with live music biology courses and I do shows and well different different things. And Al-Andalus camp is in 2023 so there is time for dancers to sort of plan and prepare. Do you remember the exact dates? Yes, the, the second week of January is the classic camp and we one day we go to Granada to to see the Alhambra Palace. It's very important to 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 discover also the the Al Andalus and um, and well, let me show you it's uh, the first second week of of from Sunday to Sunday 
in Malaga, Spain, in the south of Spain, in a very, very beautiful place. Um, and the second week is the third, uh, the third week. So dancers can do the first week and the second week. And after two, these two weeks, I think dancers, uh, <laughs> they, they learn a lot of things. And I think they can inspire themselves a lot uh, to create a lot. Because my goal is uh, to inspire dancers to create, to, to give them courage, courage also to mm-hmm. create their own dancers because we live afraid, you know, when I feel dancers live, live kind of afraid of, sh- should I do that? That's it wrong. That's it right. Oh, my teacher told me I have to do this, like this with the hands and this, or like that. And many dancers think, no, Moshahat should be like that and like this and like that. And they don't know that Moshahat dance style can be with uh, many different kinds of, of, of um, style of different possibilities, or you can adapt it a lot to, to, to your own dance. So there is no any rule. I mean, the, the, the important rule is to know about the music, the rhythms, and of course, to inspire yourself in, 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 in Arabic, old Arabic times or something uh, that could match the aesthetics with the music. So don't, for example, don't, don't do movements very, maybe very modern movements or very aggressive movements while the music is very soft and, and not very, and very melodic. So this is something logic, no? I, I think it's very logic. But, but people, uh, dancers are afraid. So my, my goal is to, to, to give them, yes, courage to, to work on, on that. Oh, wow. That sounds really uh, interesting uh, in so many different uh, ways, uh, like learning this and incorporating it in your own training and dance. And I will definitely include links to your social media as well as website. Uh, so all everyone who is listening to us right now, you can find quick links right there and connect with our uh, amazing guest today. And I know on your website, you also have a lot of information about your online courses. So there are many topics mm-hmm. and uh, people can study from all over the world uh, about Mahmoud Reda's uh, legacy and style mm-hmm. and other topics as well as check uh, details about your upcoming uh, camp and uh, before i ask uh, you our final like, closing question i also want to thank you so much it was such an interesting conversation i literally didn't notice like time flew so quickly and so many things you shared, uh, both from your story, which is such an inspiration and motivation to so many dancers, as well as uh, the knowledge that they can already um, feel how their understanding of culture wasn't reached. And now they also know the sources where they can learn even more. So thank you so much for your time and for your um, willingness to participate uh, uh, and to share all this with us today. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much to you and for your interest. And thank you to everybody that listened this podcast. Thank you. And uh, before I let you go, I have one more final question. We have a traditional question, which I ask every single guest uh, at the end of the interview, regardless of what we talked about. And I will slightly adapt this question because usually it's just about oriental dance, about ballet dance, but I would like today to expand it more to also like folkloric dance and red style um, tr- um, mm. technique. So feel free mm. how you feel to answer it, whatever you kind of feel today, like in the mood to 
dig into this or that direction. But the question is, what makes you fall in love with uh, Oriental dance uh, or Egyptian folkloric dance or Mahmoud Reda style uh, dance again and again? So you keep doing it for so many years. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it was the music. It is the music what's, which makes me love this dance very much. Also, this dance makes me forget everything and enjoy, enjoy. And uh, also, I could say that I love teaching. I love giving. I love, I feel so happy to help dancers to to learn as fast as possible and to yeah to avoid um let's say all the problems that i had for learning so i love you know to to go direct and and to 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 do my best to help them as much as i can i it's make me very happy so this is one also one reason why i keep doing this this job so all these these three things music and helping dancers and and how i feel when i dance that's it for today i hope you have enjoyed this episode and before you leave don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends the more people get inspired the better it is for our dance community until next time keep shimming and see you soon this episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.